0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking The Cure, Hugen Life Sciences and Healthcare podcast, the home office edition. On today's episode, Arne Thiermann and Dr. Julian Braun are going to talk about the digital health environment in Germany, what are the hurdles international companies have to face, and how the pandemic-related changes are influencing future developments in the market. As always, I'm trying to keep the entry short as we're going to hear each other after this for some housekeeping. With further ado, let's sit down and talk The Cure.
1: Hi, welcome everyone to our latest episode of Talking the Cure. My name is Arne Thiermann and today I have the pleasure to talk with Julian Braun. He has an interesting role both as legal director at Heartbeat Labs, a startup in the digital health area in Berlin, and at the same time in the board of the German Association for Digital Startups, but maybe Julian give us a little bit of the official name of your roles and a a short introduction to to what you do. And in the following, the idea would be to discuss a little bit the, the interesting challenges, but also maybe hurdles with respect to digital health in Germany, especially for for listeners from the international market to get an idea how it's like to be in the digital health market at the moment in Germany.
2: Thank you, Arne. Thank you for that little introduction. Yeah, my name is Julian Braun. I am a lawyer at Heartbeat Labs, and we are a company builder here in Berlin. I am specialized in healthcare law. That means within our company builder, I take care of all the regulatory stuff related to our different business models. That means, for example, that we have a big business development team, and I try to support them whenever there are regulatory issues regarding healthcare law, which means that whenever our business development team has invented a very good idea for a new business model with normally a strong focus on digitalization, I do little assessments, a little regulatory assessments, and take care of questions. If we need special licenses, what Special rules we do have to fulfill when we want to get on the market with a special model. And later on, when we try to set up our new ideas, our new startups then I have to take care of all the daily businesses, for example, regarding data protection law and privacy policies, but also, for example, general terms and conditions. I have to negotiate business contracts with business partners. For example, when we want to include pharmacy in one of our models, then I have to negotiate the contract with the pharmacy. So this is my daily business in Heartbeat Labs as a Company builder. So you clearly
1: underestimated your role when you said, I do little assessments and when you talked about the different areas of law, data protection, regulatory, contract law, this already sounds like it's not a little, little assessment that you do. So I can imagine that you have a lot on your table. The interesting, what you described here is that it's not, so to say, one startup with one business model. But exactly. it's like a, almost like an incubator, maybe, where you right. have a, a couple of different business models all at the same time, and also a couple and handful of startups which are active at the same time. So that sounds very interesting. How many startups, in the end, so to say, are you assisting or helping with at the moment? Right now,
2: we have six running businesses, very different from their model base, And then we have invented and set up an investment fund together with another partner of us, Flying Health. And we are running the investment managing company and we get money from the association of uh, private insurance uh, companies. And we have the task to invest this money in the startup scene regarding healthcare startups in Germany and Europe. So that's where I have another broad spectrum of regulatory to to assess. So there I do every now and then a little regulatory startup, the regulatory DDs, and try to support the management company with legal advice to do the right investments.
1: Sounds like a full-time job already, but at the same time you apparently thought that not enough where I can help with and where I can be yeah, helping people to start a business so at the same time you're also in the board of the Spitzenverband Digitale Gesundheitsversorgung. I understand and maybe help our listeners to understand that that's an association, industry association of startups. What's your role in this regard, and when do you do that? So after 11 o'clock in the night until six or is it also something which, which perfectly fits with the other tasks that you have on the table?
2: Uh, it, it fits quite good, actually. You're right. I'm in, in the board of the of the Spitzenverband Digitale Gesundheitsversorgung. That is the name of the association, and it is an association for from healthcare startups and for healthcare startups. Also with our strong focus on, on digitalization, my task there is to write politic statements, like statements whenever there are new drafts for rules and acts of the German Ministry of Health. So I can take care of all the industry uh, interests and right now our association together with uh, 12 other associations, we have the duty to negotiate a big industry framework agreement with the GKV Spitzenverband, which is the most important association for the statutory health insurance funds in Germany. And we have to negotiate a big uh, framework agreement on pricing and reimbursement of healthcare apps uh, in Germany. So, there I am more or less in a lead position and, as you can imagine, it's quite hard to to get all 12 um, associations uh, together. So, we have the same positions and speak with one voice uh, within these negotiations.
1: Wow, so, so we feel even more honored that you find the time that we talk now, but you, you raise already a very interesting point, reimbursement, and and this is also something where I think we yeah, hopefully also some other markets will not have reached this level to talk about reimbursement of digital health, app, which is at least the case in Germany at the moment, so that there is a certain mechanism, we will come to that later, but you also said and mentioned um, the GKV, so for people who are not familiar with the German reimbursement system in Germany, we We have more than 100 social security funds on on the statutory side, and they also try to have, so to say, one voice, which is uh, somewhat difficult, but then the, the whole reimbursement um, system is so to say channeled then to the gkv and you mentioned that there is reimbursement maybe to give a little bit of idea to people who have not heard about the german digital health market they might have heard that there is a reimbursement now there has been um, a law enacted last november and now this is getting ready and and our first clients have just handed in at the end of May applications to get reimbursement but maybe from your side how are you looking at this development at the moment um, do you think this will be or help as a booster for, for digital health in Germany and especially how do you see it in, in comparison also for, for, with respect to other international markets when it comes to yeah, how attractive is the German market in terms of getting reimbursement and getting an app that is being paid for by, by social security funds.
2: I think the, this special act, it's called the Digital Healthcare Act and has this short name DVG. This will bring a, a big boost for telehealth and digital health in Germany, I think, which means that in future it will be possible for doctors to prescribe digital apps for the therapy of their patients. So in future, whenever like a doctor prescribes such an app, the statutory health insurance funds are obliged to reimburse the manufacturer of the app for his services. The reimbursement in Germany for digital health was at least a little bit difficult because there actually there was no reimbursement, no no general reimbursement at least, which means that patients had to pay for... The services of digital health apps on their own there you have to keep in mind that patients in germany they actually are not quite used to pay for their own medicinal products for their own drugs or medical devices so they're not used to it and that's why there is not a common sense to to pay on your own for all these services so That's why it is very important that there is this new act for the reimbursement of digital health apps. And without such an act, without such reimbursement, um, it would be quite hard to distribute apps and software on the German market. Um, And now with the DVG, with this new digitalization act, there will be a base for such reimbursement. And this special problem in the German market will be solved, at least if the app manufacturer manages to take all the provisions for such reimbursement. And that's why I think that in the near future, it will be more profitable to bring digital health products to the German market more than other markets, I think.
1: That's absolutely one of the key drivers that someone has to pay for the app one or the other. We see it with many clients from the US that healthcare is generally a matter that someone has to organize itself through a private insurance company or even through the employer and that also that there is a certain tendency to approach companies, employers, to offer to them telemedicine services or telehealth uh, services in the the way that these are then offered to to employees. And this, in the end, creates, so to say, an attractive employer. And this is, of course, traditionally completely different in Germany. No one would go to a certain employer because you get a better health care than with other employers. So this is probably one of the specialties of the German market and if you mentioned that from your point of view that this is going into the right direction even though might be difficult sometimes to, to get everyone at the same table, uh, but this seems to be already the case. This will be also, from my point of view, one of the major things in Germany to ensure that there is common sense with respect to certain mechanisms um, on, on reimbursement. How would you say, what's a little bit broader, what's the general state of play of, of telehealth in Germany? Would you, would you see specific developments in the last month, especially the, during the pandemic? How do you see the, the market in terms of competitors? Is it, is it more German startups that are active on the German market? Is it companies from other markets going into the German market? So what's your general feeling, so to say, in the picture of, of the German health, digital health market at the moment?
2: I would say that this general state of play of telehealth in Germany is increasing That means the importance of telehealth is increasing in Germany and not only regarding special telemedicine programs, but for example, also regarding remote treatments in general. And in the past, exactly in May 2018, there was a new legal development regarding telehealth and telemedicine. In May 2018, the ban on treating patients via telecommunication, which means telephone or video chat, Without a previous physical doctor-patient contact, this was liberalized. And since then, it is allowed for doctors to offer video consultations and remote treatments in Germany. And this was so to say, the base for the whole development, which I described before. For example, there was also a ban on advertising for remote treatments, and this also has been abolished the last months. So I think in Germany there are limitations for the reimbursement of medical video consultations, but these limitations are also liberated more and more. And a very good example for this is the pandemic. There is, or I have to say, usually the reimbursement of medical video consultations is also regulated in a way that only a certain amount of video consultations per quarter or per month is reimbursable for doctors. And during the pandemic, these limitations were released, which means that there was no such limitation anymore in terms of amounts of video consultations. And another example is sick notes. In Germany, usually there is also a quite strict regulation for sick notes via remote treatments, which means when there is no physical contact between doctor and patient, it's quite strict to to write sick notes for the doctors. But during the pandemic, these limitations also were released. So uh, right now, During the pandemic, it is possible to issue sick notes on the base, for example, of only phone contacts. And I think the pandemic will drive this development of liberalization of all the regulatory stuff regarding remote treatments, telemedicine, digitalization in Germany. And when it comes to the question where the companies are from, and if we stay At the example of telemedicine and remote treatments, um, I have to say that there is not only German services and German companies on the market. We have also quite big companies that come from France, for example, or Sweden also. And so it is a field, quite a European field of play that takes place on the German market uh, regarding this issue.
1: Yeah, interesting. Also with respect that, um, yeah, the the, the hurdles that are being lifted during the pandemic, what do you think are these hurdles that are permanently lifted when it comes, for instance, to to this limitation that only a certain amount of time of a doctor can be done via video consultation? So it would be possible to have a doctor who is doing 100% video consultation and nothing else? Or how about the sick note being issued only on the basis of a video consultation how do you think this this might be in the future the German there's some Germans tend to be formal and conservative but maybe this is also a little bit of the question not to liberalize it too much in a way that so to say that there is a platform or you know um, a doctor sick note who, whom you call and where you get a sick note very easily um, so maybe this gets also a little bit into the mind of the legislator while thinking of permanently lifting some hurdles
2: I hope that this will stay permanently. When these limitations were set up, I can understand that people were um, quite careful with introducing new forms of treatments and new forms of treatment models in, in the healthcare system. So I understand that it has to be step by step. But as long as there will be no misuse in the liberalization of these hurdles... I think the reservations of such new models of such new therapy concepts will be decreasing, and that's why I hope that these liberalizations will be upheld in the future. And why not permanently if it works? Yeah, I'm absolutely. a big fan of this.
1: <laughs> for professional, but I also, also think for any reason, and because you you see it every day that it works. You you mention an interesting point so how how are both from from your experience as as someone who is really close to to telemedicine models uh, being rolled out to patients so how how are patients reacting to the increased use of telehealth do you observe concerns about quality of care also in terms of liability is this something that so to say your clients so the, the startups that you are that you're helping that they need to address or that they are confronted with from from patients side or even patient association side
2: i think that patients will be more and more confident with uh, and within the use of digital products in in healthcare and of course i'm quite sure there are concerns about quality of care and liability but um, as soon as these patients realize that there can be a big benefit to use such digital products in healthcare and especially in self-therapies. And as soon as they realize that their self-therapies can be supported very easily with these digital products, then I think that the patients will lose their reservations. And of course, it is now very important and in the area of responsibility of us as app manufacturers to support this development, I'm quite sure if there are scandals about data protection errors or adverse events in the use of healthcare apps, these restrictions and reservations will rise again and the willingness to use healthcare apps will decrease again. And that's something we have to avoid.
1: You already touched upon a couple of hot topics and that you are helping with at the moment and also some. Yeah, hurdles um, we we talked about, but also risk that this whole area might face when it comes to data protection um, and addressing the concerns. So what do you think are the the key hot topics that are on on the table on on your side at the moment where you think this is something we we need to work on from the legal side to help bringing digital health solutions to patients and, and making this work in Germany?
2: When it comes to the issue of data protection, I'm quite sure and think that it's very important that we have high data protection standards. And we can also see this in this new um, digitalization healthcare act, the DVG, as I described before. There are, for example, very high standards of data protection and IT security that an app manufacturer has to fulfill. Uh, to to be reimbursed uh, with his product from the statutory health insurance funds. But on the other hand, when these hurdles are too high, then I think that a lot of small healthcare startups that have very good ideas, that have very good and innovative business models, they either cannot afford to fulfill all these data protection issues or they just try to find another way and then they just don't offer their products for the statutory healthcare markets and stay within a normal market or they go they just go to different markets in Europe and that's what i think would be a negative aspect regarding the high standards of data protection.
1: Yeah, or in general, probably also overly high requirements that you require. Um, from from companies entering the market what we and I I would be interested to to hear that uh, how you see that what we uh, saw when this reimbursement law the the DGV was enacted or announced to be enacted we got requests from U.S. startups who, who thought this might be an easy and good way to come to the German market and went a little bit deeper into the requirements both on the DGV side but also another aspect that each health application needs at the same time also be a medical device so it's not only certain requirements that you have fulfilled with respect to this reimbursement aspect but that you were in the first place also have to fulfill all requirements for becoming a medical device and this at least in the last years was already a hurdle or some bottleneck for for startups to go through and they even tried to go outside of the medical device scope and establish something more in the lifestyle field in order to avoid to be considered and qualified as a medical device and would you think there be a trend so to say um, in the other direction that startups may even try to go into the medical device field instead of lifestyle applications in order to get reimbursement? Is this a realistic pathway?
2: I think this tendency will go in the other direction. As you said very correctly, in former times when you tried to develop a new app, you always had to keep in mind that. If you are a medical device, like a software as a medical device with your app, then you have to fulfill higher standards regarding medical device law and market access. And that's why um, a lot of app manufacturers try to go the easy way and not to be a medical device, but more, as you said, on the lifestyle on the lifestyle market and the lifestyle segment. But um, in the development of the regulation, I have the impression that being a medical device is more and more important. Um, Not only regarding the general reimbursement under this new digitalization act, but also when you try to negotiate contracts for the healthcare with statutory health insurances that are... Outside this general scope, these statutory health insurances more and more want to have a proof of fulfillment of all the medical device regulations as well. And that's why I think that the tendency will go... Other than in former times, now more and more in the medical device direction. And it will be harder to get reimbursement for your product, at least in the statutory healthcare system, without being a medical device.
1: Which in the end is probably also for the patient a good development in terms of safety and patient security that there are already some regulatory requirements um, in, in order to get into reimbursement and it will probably also make things a little bit easier that everyone has to fulfill. So to say this threshold in order to be reimbursable, although, and this would be something where I would be interested to to hear you view also in, in terms of what you currently see, what might be business models that you at the same time assist with, but also in terms of future developments of digital health. So to my impression, we, we, we have the platform providers which offer technology to enable video consultation. So this in the end is, if you act in this field, you're, you're offering more or less um, just a means that the patient can get in contact with a doctor and then in, in the end, um, there, there may be some, some facilitation by platform provider, maybe with respect to invoicing, collecting the money. Um, but in the end, so to say the medical service is still provided by the doctor with some help and facilitated by, by the technology platform. And then we talked a lot about digital health solutions, which in the end do not require a doctor at all. So we are talking about apps that with the help of an altruism may create a diagnosis or a treatment plan. So solutions where yeah, almost no human is required anymore. And there might be you know, in the future, the, the idea to create something like really an integrated offering in the way that, that for instance, telehealth provider, employs a doctor, this doctor then is talking to the patient in a video consultation. Maybe there is already software scanning the the image of the patient measuring some biomarkers at the same time, maybe with the help of another device and bringing this all together. And so there might be something like an integrated service, which is not anymore provided in the name of the physician, but in the name of this telemedicine provider, which would require huge changes to the regulatory framework in Germany, which we have both on the regulatory side, but also on, on the side of reimbursement. Is this something rather less on the level which legal problems there might lay, just interested, is there something that you hear from from your clients that you help with? We would like to create really integrated offerings where we go beyond um, enabling video consultation being a technology platform provider. We want to offer integrated medical services, which which even integrate yeah, uh, services by artificial intelligence and putting this all together and making it easy for everyone. You know, there's not an app, there's not, not a doctor, there, there's just this integrated service. And um, if you look into the future, it, this might be something w- which is possible to imagine, but how far are we away from these kind of thinkings? And, um Just from a business model approach that you see at the moment. Also, how far are we away from this when it comes to, yeah, from in the legal world?
2: Right now, Every now and then, I get to know that the wish for such integrated models is quite high. We also at Heartbeat Labs had ideas to develop and invent such integrated models, where it's a combination of video treatments, of remote treatments, electronic prescriptions for digital apps with artificial intelligence and all these, all these combinations of digital things. But legal-wise, I think is quite difficult to to combine all these different aspects of an integrated and medical service because the regulation is not that far i would say there are a lot more steps to take that it is possible or it is easy to to invent and run such an integrated healthcare provider for example it is quite hard and it's limited to for a for a yeah, for such a provider as a company to work with employed doctors. There is a high regulation that doctors can only be employed in practices or in hospitals, for example. But if you are a VC company, for example, or a company builder that is not run by um, doctors and is not medical in a way, then there is already a problem in working together with employed doctors. And that leads us to a situation where you have to delete all these ideas of an integrated healthcare model into very different aspects. The one aspect is the video consultation. What is the rules about the reimbursement of such video consultations? The other hand is um when there are integrated role models or integrated models with different professions then you have to take care of the rules of the professional rules regarding the exact segment for example the professional rules regarding doctors the professional rules regarding psychotherapists nutritionists all these different legal frameworks when it comes to an idea for electronic prescriptions then you have to take care of all the legal frameworks for these prescriptions. You need very special signatures for this. And then when it comes to the questions of prescribing, for example, health apps, then you need to take care of all the regulatory stuff of uh, digital apps. And in combination, This will set up very high hurdles and it's not easy to handle all this in a way that the model is still functioning. So I would say we are quite a way away from or I would say there is quite a way to go that we have the frameworks and the rules to make these integrated services Possible, But in the meantime, we have the possibility to just start with single solutions and then wait for the, the regulatory development to take place and then add on every now and then when it's possible a new aspect on the integrated model. So whenever I am asked, I always recommend to start with something simple try and then wait how it will develop. And then put some add-ons on this, on these solutions and on this, in these models and then do it step by step. Not at once everything together, but step by step. And then I think it will be possible.
1: That's a really helpful advice for companies coming or thinking about the German market exactly as you say, to start with something and then grow it and develop it and and see what is possible also from a regulatory perspective. I understand this is what you're also doing with with your own companies and at the same time being in this association also gives you a little bit of possibility for policy making and for driving the legislation and regulatory changes. I think it's very wise, uh, what you said, in terms of not to expect everything all at once, but to do it step by step and to use the opportunities that the German market already offers. And it sounded a little bit negative on on my, but also on your side in the last five minutes where we talked about the problems. But I think we, we already mentioned a couple of opportunities that the German system at the moment offers to take advantage of them and to use them maybe still quite attractive also given the size of the German market um, for, for companies coming to the German market. So thank you for these insights. Maybe as a last statement, is there something where it's worth to tell a company that is not from Germany and is thinking about setting up their business? What's the most important thing they should be looked at from a legal perspective?
2: To set up a new healthcare idea in Germany, I would say the most important thing is to be aware of the reimbursement facts and the reimbursement rules. As I said, the self-paying market in Germany is very difficult. So if you want to grow your business idea big, then I think you should try to fulfill all the reimbursement provisions so you can act in the statutory health insurance market. And there are some hurdles to fulfill and it's not, as liberal as the self-paying market in Germany but I think it's worth it and the more and more it grows the more important it will be to be in this special statutory health insurance market and that's why I would say the most important thing is taking care of the reimbursement rules and regulatory stuff uh, because nothing is worse than setting up a business and then uh, realizing that it's not working because it's not attractive, for example, for either um, the company itself or the business partners that you work together.
1: Julian, this was very, very interesting. I I really enjoyed talking with you and uh, enjoyed this discussion. Thank you very much that you took the time, irrespective of all the tasks that you have on your desk at Heartbeat Labs and and also at the association. So much appreciated and thank you very much and um, hopefully have another discussion on that uh, in the next time again.
2: I I hope so too, Arne, and thank you for having me. It was a, a great pleasure for me. Thank you.
0: that's it for today. If you have further questions for Arna, reach out via hoganlevels.com. And if you would like to send Julian some questions, I'm going to include the link to his LinkedIn account in the description. In addition, so you're not missing out on any information regarding industry developments as well as our activities in this sector, follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Leave a like, leave a comment. Thank you for tuning in. We are going to take a quick break during the month of August to create more interesting content for you. So please stay a hold and join us again when we're talking The Cure.